Welcome back, everyone, to another amazing Friday with the Sit Down Community Podcast. I am so excited for you guys to tune into this episode with my friend Savannah. Um, I'm going to let her take it away, and then we'll get rolling on our amazing conversation. Hi, everybody. My name is Savannah Smith. I'm a newly married, um, just had our one-year anniversary. I live outside of Boulder, Colorado. I am in my MSW program, finishing school. Right now, I am a multi-systemic therapist, married to an amazing man, um, and I have a seven-month-old daughter. She's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, she just turned seven months um, yesterday. Which oh my is gosh. freaking wild. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah, craziness. Fun fact. Savannah walked into the office one day and she said, I have to tell you something. And my immediate thought was, are you pregnant? And was I right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Savannah and I met working together at a child advocacy center out in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and it's been so amazing to see how God has used my time traveling outside of California to meet so many amazing people just like her. So we are going to get into it today. Our conversation is really just navigating identity formation and also preservation as we take on different hats, as we become um, different people to others. Um, So she became a wife, she became a mom, all in the pandemic. So round of applause. Um, So first question, I think for you, let's go back even to when you were younger as a kid, um, navigating faith formation, as well as identity in Christ. What did that look like? Well, for me, so I grew up um, in the Orthodox church. My grandfather was an Orthodox priest. Um, It was something we would go to every Sunday and I'd be present, but I'd be coloring, you know, not really paying too much attention to what was being said. Um, also probably didn't help that it was a Greek Orthodox church. I do not speak Greek. <laughs> so that was hard to kind of understand um, what was going on. Fast forward to college. I met my now husband. Um, he was very, very strong in his faith, just as a non-denominational Christian. Um, and he honestly really guided me to study the Bible, learn more about God, to really like pray, actively pray and not just say the Lord's prayer at night and pray when you eat and that's it. Um, so he kind of led me to a non-denominational church in Tallahassee, um, Florida, which is where I went for my undergrad in Florida state, um, found a really great church. And it was while we were doing long distance in 2019 that I decided to get baptized. So that was April 20th or 20, unfortunately, it's an unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> I got baptized. Um, and yeah, ever since then, I'm just been trying to learn more about God and just constantly growing and who he wants me to be. Um, I think it's like, I'm only 25. So it's a struggle to like know who you are at this age while also still trying to navigate so many different things like different callings that god has for you yeah would you mind going into those a little bit of how you've navigated who you are and especially because i feel like we've just when you're constantly evolving Mm -hmm. like well am i still the same person how do i keep my sense of self while learning more of who god is within me Mm -hmm. yeah so i've always like had this idea of like who i want to be um like And you mentioned before about like juggling all these hats. 
and I always have myself as like a juggler, but being able to carry each role like so gracefully. And that's just not how it's been. Like that's not my reality. Um, so we got married and then shortly after we found out we were having Thea and I was trying to figure out, okay, well, I'm still in only my first year of grad school. I have another year to go. How am I going to be the great student that I want to be? How am I going to give my all to an internship? Um, how am I going to give my all to my husband, <laughs> my new husband that I'm still trying to figure out how to be a great wife. And now I have to have a child and care for her and figure out how to raise her and be a disciple. Like it was just overwhelming to think about all the different roles you have to balance as a woman. So, and what does that look like in the last, you know, year that you've been married to Jamali and then seven months with Thea? A lot of prayer. (laughs) You know, my struggle with this is so real. I think it's um, just a lot of like trying to let go of control. Mm-hmm. and understanding that it's not up to me who I want to be um it's more of a who God wants me to be um how I'll take care of the people in my life the way that he wants me to versus how I want to do what I think that I should be doing it's a lot of prayer a lot of um letting go of control because I am a control freak it's very unfortunate <laughs> yeah um, you mentioned kind of preserving this identity you had formed in your mind. How have you become like that identity that you created and how are you not like her? Um, I like to be super busy and I feel like in my life, like in my mind, I always want to have so many things to do in order like to really like and succeed at each of those things I like to achieve. <laughs> so I want to be like the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the perfect individual and like have my own identity as well um but in reality it's a lot of being quick to anger and snapping back um having like these nitpicking arguments maybe not spending enough like active quality time with my daughter versus just like having her in my lap and watching her play but not engaging with her so it's like constantly trying to find a battle or constantly be in the battle of um like feeling the need to take care of myself, but not being able to. So as a result of that, it's those quick like snaps of anger and um, maybe more judgment in people that shouldn't be happening and not enough time into things that I need to be putting time into. And so what does that look like in terms of releasing the perfection aspect? Um, again, just honestly, it's just a lot of let self-reflect like before I got married before I had the uh, before I moved out to Colorado my self-care was so dang strong like I was on top of my self-care I had a schedule this is my type a personality <laughs> I had a schedule <laughs> everything for when I was doing my self-care um and I think that helps me a lot in letting go of perfection because I've always wanted to be a perfectionist and be great at everything that like comes in front of me. Um, but in reality, when there's so many different things going on, like you can't be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to get back into doing the self-care and a lot of meditation and prayer in order to like really self-reflect and be able to juggle these things a little more gracefully. Hmm. When you think of identity formation within the church and what you've kind of navigated since college, what does it look like to still have that sense of self while also realizing 
in a lot of ways. Like in, in John three, it talks about how God must be greater and we must be less. How have you been able to, with the expectation of perfection and wanting to do things really well, I don't even know if it's perfection. I think just knowing you, you want things done well so that other people can feel valued. So Mm -hmm. how do you still keep that while understanding that the more you learn about God, the more you engage in prayer and the word and community, it's really more about him than us. Yeah. Um, and I, going off of that, like, it's been so hard for me to even engage more in God and learn more about him and like do a study of like, how long has it taken me to get through Jude? <laughs> it's still three weeks past me. So. <laughs> so it's like, honestly, trying to set that routine and make him a priority. And mm-hmm. in the past, when I was just understanding who I was in God and like becoming a disciple and trying to put him in the um, front of everything, like everything would just fall into place. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I try to remember when I'm falling behind. It's like, okay, well, you need to amp up your prayer. You need to start doing journaling. Like I like to write letters to God. That's the like, best way I communicate with him. Mm-hmm. So like doing that every night, doing my Bible study, that in itself, I think when those things fall into place, they help me um, like let go of the idea of perfection. And then it helped me understand myself even more than I would if I wasn't doing that. Right. How do you feel like the letters are so cool? Cause I do the same thing. It's like when <laughs> write out their feelings. Like I love that. And that's, that's good. But I'm the same way. It's like, I have to write to God sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I can write better than I can say it. And I think God respects all forms of when we want to talk to him. What does that look like of, do you feel like you can really see a process unfold when you're writing to God? Yeah. And honestly, you inspired me. Like, what was it? Maybe when we first came out to Colorado and when I was really struggling, like with the identity process, you inspired me to do a prayer fast. And for me, that was like really focusing and honing in on identity and what he wants me to be. And the way I did that was through writing. And in those, I think it was two weeks that I did it. Everything felt so clear. And it was my understanding that he chose me to be a mother. He chose me to be where I am right now. And in understanding that process and like going through that prayer fashion, writing to God, it made everything just fall into place. Mm-hmm. But now months later, when I haven't been on top of my game, I'm like, who am I? What am I doing with life? <laughs> so. so what do you think it looks like then to create consistency? And this can be broader than just yourself. So maybe answer it of consistency within that discipline for yourself, but then your take on the broader Christian community as well. I think practice, um, presence, presence over perfection, Mm -hmm. um, which is on my list, present over perfect. That's on my list to read. It's been on my, so good. Yeah. It's been on my shelf for so long. Um, but I think that's key, honestly, being present and understanding what will work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, trial and error, like if I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier, let's see if that works for me. And if that centers me for the day, um, or versus doing it at night and making that a priority and knowing what's going to work and what I'm going to get the most out of Mm -hmm. just a lot of presence and practice. And then what about for the greater Christian body? What does that look like? In terms of practices that are long-term and sustainable. 
how can we do better at being the body and really understanding the word prayer, all of it? Um, I think the more we speak on it and the more we try to learn more about what he wants us to do and wants us to be, mm-hmm. um, for me, I've always learned more about God and what he wanted for me and my path through, um, what is it called? Not discipleship. I'm drawing a blank through like community and church. What is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. Heard. Oh, this is going to bug me, but through like small groups of people, mm. fellowship, fellowship. There you go. Thank you. My God, Savannah. Yeah. So through fellowship, um, like really reaching out in the church to our community and, um, really like talking about difficult topics. Mm. I think that, yeah. Promotes longevity and like his word. Yeah, absolutely. I was just talking actually to a, to a mentor yesterday about this. She was kind of asking me what the point of these different projects I'm working on is for. And I was telling her, I was like, well, I guess I just really want people to feel like they can walk into a space that, uh, you know, God has allowed me to create and feel known and feel safe enough to be known. Because I think we're in a very secular culture where the self-preservation really trumps community. And especially in the pandemic, it just seems like people crave this depth within community, but are also super scared to engage and take that risk of, but I've been let down by friends before I've been let down by family. I've been let down by past church communities or, you know, social communities. And I think for me, um, it's really been realizing that although I have these projects, the goal is really that community focus, because I think when we know ourselves, um, and we know each other, it's a lot easier to engage within, you know, Christian community. It's easier to engage with people who aren't in Christian community. Um, so how would you say, like, what would be the way you would wish to connect to a community with all these different hats you're juggling? How do you want to be received? With open arms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to say that. <laughs> open arms and warmth. Um, that made me lose my train of thought, what I just said. <laughs> being known what does it look like to be received by a community to be known i think just being vulnerable i mean you know like i would all about brene brown yeah vulnerability is key um so i think like being open and honest about like anything that you're going through or experiencing or any struggles that you have that is so important mm-hmm. in being in a community no one wants to receive you or even get to know you if you're had that, um, that front. So being honest and open and vulnerable, I think is really important Mm -hmm. in being able to form communities and yeah. How do we create those communities? I think, you know, as I've navigated being transparent while also having boundaries up, it's been hard of, I am really open. And if someone asks me a question, I want to answer it, you know, wholeheartedly. Um, how do we navigate building trust and having like a healthy progression of community formation? I think it all starts with communication. Um, 
something that I found helpful, at least for myself and being honest and creating those um, communities and relationships is through communicating because no one's going to know what you're wanting or what you're needing if you're just not saying it. Right. So being open to communication and being open um, just in general mm-hmm. has so much power. And I don't think people use it enough. Like you and I connected so fast because of that one day we were sitting in Detroit <laughs> and we were open with each other and we were able to connect mm-hmm. just by being honest and communicating about things. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. How do you how do you see God working in those moments? Like, do you feel like you look back on different interactions with people and are able to say, like, oh yeah, this is when we connected because of X and Y experience, or this is what brought me closer or into trust with this person? Yeah, I think there's a pivotal moment in like every relationship that um to me, like when I look back, like it's a clear moment, a clear defined moment of this person was there for that reason. And that's why we became so close or that's why we went in different ways. Um, so I think it is pretty clear, at least in my mind, my relationships and experiences that looking back, you see something and it's so obvious to you now that you've been through it, why that person was there and what God wanted from that, um, interaction. Hmm. That's so good. So how would you link this all to Thea? <laughs> My little baby. Um, y'all, she's the cutest thing. I can't, I can't handle it. I'm always half the time I reach out to Span, I'm really just asking for pictures. <laughs> Everybody else, no one ever asks. <laughs> I'm like, send me a <laughs> selfie of you, Santa. <laughs> that like explains motherhood. People reaching out just for just to see pictures of your child. <laughs> um how does this all relate to Thea my god I want her to be able to know who she is Mm -hmm. um and in doing that I want her to be able to be vulnerable in relationships um and learn through those experiences like every morning we have like our little routine when she wakes up um and we pray and we do our affirmations and our affirmations are that she has a strong no I'm sorry a kind heart and a beautiful mind Mm-hmm. those are your affirmations um and I really like it's something I don't really know like how to do mm-hmm. as far as making her a new disciple so I pray on that constantly every night like Lord show me what I need to do in order to um have her be present in your word and know who you are mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah I mean seven months of just trying to figure out like how to navigate her own identity, but letting her, like giving her enough space to kind of do what she wants to do and develop her own way. And like, I know she's seven months old, so it's not like she's gonna like know who she is right now, (laughs) but I know like how we're treating her right now and what she's experiencing is going to shape who she is. Mm -hmm. So that's something like, that's a constant reminder for me. Um, it's a really good way to self-reflect. I think like, how am I interacting with Jamali? Like, what is she seeing? How am I interacting with my family? How does she see how we treat each other and how does this all relate to God? So it is a constant process. Um, and I still don't really have any answers, yeah. honestly. So I don't even like thinking about her at 25 already, but flash forward, put yeah. her, put her in your, um, in your shoes at, at 25. What do you, what do you hope that she knows about herself then? 
either you know or don't know or you're wrestling with yeah I can't even like picture her little face at 25 honestly I'm like I hope she (laughs) I hope she is oh man I just hope she has a really genuine character Mm -hmm. I hope that she learns um like that she has no control over the things in her life and that would have saved me so much time if I had like known that earlier that God can he is in control he will put you where you need to go just trust in him so I hope that with all that being said I guess I hope that she has a really strong faith mm-hmm. um and she oh man I just hope she's vulnerable but not too vulnerable in the sense that like she's easily like hurt mm-hmm. um I don't even know. Like, I just want her to be happy. Happy woman of God. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't even think that far into the future. Yeah. Even now, up until that point, what would you really desire for her in terms of her connection with God, but also how she relates to Jesus too? I want her to be able to explore those things on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, like I needed a push. I need somebody. I needed somebody to show me like, how I could get stronger to God with God to God for God. <laughs> Don't know. Um, all the things. How to be one. And in that like quick like understanding of this is how I can get closer. It was like a trial and error process for me. Of, okay, well this works for me, this doesn't. So I want her to be able to navigate that on her own and find what works for her and not be pushed by anybody. Because mm-hmm. I think being pushed into faith, um, it kind of like takes away the experience of you finding it on your own yeah and I would not want that for her I want her to be able to be like genuinely invested in him mm-hmm. and not um like forced into getting baptized or forced into choosing him so I just want her to be able to explore him in whatever way that she feels is best and whatever way works for her mm-hmm. Do you feel like you and Jamali have are pretty aligned in the way you practice Christianity or because it's so different? What do you think she'll pick up on? Like even at a young age, even in the next year, two years, mm-hmm. do you think yeah, it's like the challenge of like, what, what parent is the child going to follow? Like, yes. What do you think? Yeah. And I think God will use that of like, he will show the different ways you both love God well and really just put together this little human being. And I, you know, obviously pray over her that she desires God, but I think, what do you think she'll really pick up on between you and him? Charlie is so funny. <laughs> like in his like relationship with God, I think he's very like practical. So he applies like what God wants or what he reads from the Bible and applies that practically to everything to me like I'm a super deep emotional thinker um religion to me is like just like ingrained in a part of my day so like out like praying out loud praying before we eat like if we're in a car I pray for us before we're driving somewhere um like going on a plane like I am very outward in prayer and for him I think he's more like inside his head um yeah so I think she'll pick up on that aspect of it of like needing to pray and talking more outwardly to God and feeling it more emotionally so like with Jamali 
I don't even know like how, what she would pick up on with him. Cause he's so darn practical. We're just two different thinkers. Yeah. yeah. So. so how have you navigated being different and, and relating to God differently? How do your conversations tend to go? Are you able to both bring what you gifts you have to the table and have those deep conversations that you do? Are you able to go on his side with the logic? Yeah. And I think not even with religion, but just any topic, I think with communication, like we're completely opposite, like to the T, everything we do is so different. (laughs) Um, so that like, we're able to communicate, not even about religion, but just about everything. Like he shows me a different point of view every time. And I always want to be right about everything, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So when we have those conversations, I'm able to see like what he sees and why he sees that way versus me. Like I'm an emotional thinker. So I tend to react and like not think about it. Um, but he's like, let me think about everything in the last 25 years and then we can talk about it. And I'm like, no, I'm just reacting. It's weird. Um, so I think just like having that communication with him, we are able to discuss these things mm-hmm. and they're conversations that sometimes take like an hour or so because we think that differently. Um, but again, communicating about it and being honest and vulnerable, like that's the key to finding the solution. Have you guys uh, talked about you and Jamali, how you want to engage with, you know, Thea's spiritual formation of what happens if she doesn't want to go to church? What happens if she doesn't want to pray out loud? What happens if X, Y, and Z? And I think it's important to talk about, like, I've asked my parents before now in adulthood, not so much as a kid when I was rebellious and like, I don't want to listen to you. Um, I've just asked them like how they navigated. Cause there was points where I was like, I do not want to go to church. And then there was the conversation of, I'm not going to your church anymore because it doesn't feed me. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm looking for something different and deeper. And those were hard conversations of, you know, they love their church and, they wanted me to be a part of it and understand it. And I felt forced into it. And so what do you think that could potentially look like as you navigate it? Or what do you hope it looks like? You know, obviously we can hope and then God laughs at us, but right. Jokes on you. Yeah. Um, like to me, like Christianity isn't like a one size fits all. So I think just having that understanding, um, and just, like knowing that what works for us or what works for me mm. not work for her. So again, like giving her that space to just kind of navigate things on her own. And honestly, it's something Jamal and I haven't talked about. I, uh, to him, I think if I presented that to him, it would be a very like, no, she's going to, she's going to believe in God. <laughs> it's going to be great. We'll believe it. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. the social worker in me the therapist is like no well let's like give her some time give her some space we can't force her in anything because that never works forcing Mm -hmm. somebody into something um the way that you want to do it but not the way that they want to do it that's not going to work um so like it might be easier for me to navigate than for him just because i think i mean you know like being in social work being in therapy is just you have to be really open-minded about things. Right. Um, and that's something that I'll try to promote. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want her to have to go through that, but it is a very realistic um, thing that could happen. Yeah. How do you think, I mean, I, you know, even it's so funny in this season, I'm just praying for things I never prayed for, including like kids. And as I've been praying for them, I have just been thinking like, Lord, like Jesus, how do you want me to live my life in a way where my kids look at me and say, I want that. And just this idea of, I want my kids to see me cry when I'm praying. Cause typically, Mm -hmm. oh, that's kind of embarrassing. Like when you're just having a sob session, like trying to talk to God and it sounds like you're speaking in tongues, but you're definitely not. Uh, (laughs) And just like, I want them to see me in the word. I want them to see me in prayer, hear the prayer. You know, I want them to experience, even if it's from watching what my faith looks like and not that my faith is, you know, attractive to all people, but I think for those of us who love praying out loud, who um, have those different spiritual practices in our daily routines, people pick up on those things. And I think of anything it's, 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 this sounds bad. It's like marketing, like we're marketing Jesus and God, but there's so much more depth than just marketing like a product. Right. And there's so like, how do you, how do you really show people eternity? now on earth where things are temporal. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think that looks like? What do you hope she sees through you? So much, you just said so many great things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think something I always like try to be, or what I want her to see is like this grace Mm -hmm. being full of grace. Um, it's so hard because I don't always carry that grace so well, especially when still trying to navigate like my identity and who I am, but I am an emotional prayer as well. I remember the first time I saw somebody praying and crying. I was like, what are they? Okay. (laughs) Before I was baptized, like that was like my first experience with the non-denominational church. And I thought it was the strangest thing. Um, and even like singing out loud to God, I was like, why are these people singing? Like I'm used to a choir to me. Like I want her to see that emotional experience. Mm-hmm. I want her to see like how much he means to me and how important he is in our lives. Um, I want her to see the worship and I want her to see like how powerful it can be. Yeah. Like I, I remember um, right before I got baptized at church, we were at in Tallahassee one of the speakers, she had just had a baby and she was like holding her baby. Mm-hmm. I'd start crying. And they were um, singing. It was just like the most beautiful thing to me. Mm-hmm. I already get emotional. <laughs> um, like, I want her to see that and like smile and love that. And like, know that it is so important to have such a strong faith. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay tears are good I love that I think that's something in my own church the the one I've been going to the last six months I just I'm seeing children pray and it's not in a mocking way or just trying to do what their parents or other people are doing it's like I see Jesus touching them 
and to know that these children are understanding what it looks like to worship and praise him. Mm-hmm. And then seeing, you know, we're very multi-generational and seeing even men in their, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. praising God. It was one of those moments where I just, I had, typically I close my eyes and worship. And I just mm-hmm. opened, I looked around, I was like, this is it. This yeah. is people from young all the way up. There's, you know, two-year-olds raising their hands, like trying to figure out what they're doing, but it's still, it's meaningful because they're, once they get to the point where they can ask, well, why do we do that? Well, we're praising and honoring God. And one of the things we do is we lift up our hands sometimes, or, you know, we get really loud or we start praying in tongues or, you know, we decide to bow down and surrender. What does that look like to be able to choose how you're able to connect with God? And it's so beautiful. Um, I remember we had this event back in July and oftentimes our church leaders will welcome people to the front to get a word from God or impartation or just prayer. And people rushed to the front and it just, it was, I couldn't even get out of the aisle because people were just so hungry for God and anticipating an encounter with him by moving forward. And it was one of those moments where I was like, this is how hungry we should all be Mm -hmm. and could be, I should say. And Mm -hmm. what does it look like for each of us as individuals, as knowing that God fastened and created our hearts individually to all have a hunger to move forward like that, to be so expectant that he will show up that we're just willing to just go. And it's one of those things I'm like, like, I, I pray that over even, you know, the teenagers and young kids now they have so much access to things that distract them from being able to create like a closeness to God. And I'm going to share real quick. So Savannah and I were opening in prayer and I, and I shared Psalm 78 and it just, uh, it just really shows how God is generational. The word is generational. Our mandate and call at any age is to teach people and specifically children the miraculous and wonderful things of God. So um, Psalm 78, one through nine goes like this. My people hear my instruction, listen to the words from my mouth. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known that our fathers have passed down to us. We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, his might and the wondrous works he has performed. He established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children so that a future generation, children yet to be born might know they were to rise and tell their children that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commands. Then they would not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not loyal and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Mm-hmm. When you hear this, how do you see Thea in that? Well, going off of that, I always constantly am praying um, to focus on godly things and not worldly things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I think, like you said, like it's so easy to get distracted and what the world is putting forth, but we aren't here for the world. We're here for God. Um, 
So I just hope that in reading that, um, she can be able to not be distracted <laughs> by what the world is presenting and be able to stay focused on the ultimate goal of being with God um, in the end. And I, it's going to be so difficult. Because like you said, I think there's so much out there that gets in the way mm-hmm. of having that strong relationship and of putting him first. Um, and even like, that's just now when she's seven months old, I can't even think about when she's like a teenager, what's going to be yeah. out there for her to get distracted by. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just always going to try to show her and guide her in the direction of let's focus on what God wants for us and let's pray and see what he like reveals to us versus let's look at what the world is presenting and let's follow that. So good. How do you try and decide how I want to word this? How do you want her to see God? How do you want her to see Jesus, even the Holy spirit in the sense of like, when I think of God, I've had to work through him as father Mm -hmm. and what that looks like in the earthly perspective of there's a lot of fathers who disappoint and disengage or don't know how to interact with their children, but God does. And he wrote all of our days before even one began. And then I see Jesus. And for me, the way I, I started praying, I was like, you know what? I don't think I actually know Jesus who gives me access to the spirit and God who I very much feel close connection to. And so I started praying. I said, Jesus, would you reveal who you are to me? Would you reveal Mm -hmm. who you are in general? And, And, um, every single time it's Jesus with the crown of thorns on his head. Every time it is the bloody and sweating Jesus and dirt covered Jesus who just walked the cross of Calvary and was ready to just lay it all down his life so that I would have life. And another image was of Jesus just, um, kind of bowed down over this, this dirty water bucket. And he had this rag and it was just this, kind of symbol of him saying, I will clean you up no matter what, like Mm -hmm. I'm here, like I am the purifier. I'm the perfecter. I am the one who gave it all so that you would experience freedom. Mm -hmm. And so, and the Holy spirit, I just, you know, I kind of, it's, it's almost like Holy spirit is a blanket of like, just like an anxiety blanket of like, when I feel covered by the Holy spirit, it's like, I just feel like I can relax. And Mm -hmm. how do you want Thea, even in your own way that you interact with the Trinity, how do you want Thea to grow into the understanding? Yeah. I mean, each part of the Trinity has so much meaning Mm -hmm. different. Um, like it is like, of course the Holy Trinity all in one, all encompassing, but Again, each aspect is so unique in itself. Mm. I want her to be able to explore each part of it. And that's so funny that you said it's like a a way to blanket for you, the Holy Spirit, because it's like a safe for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I want her to be able to like understand each aspect Mm. and know that like in all those aspects, while they're so different, they welcome you with love, with acceptance and not with judgment. So those are the main things that I want her to know about the Holy Trinity. But at the same time, like, I love the idea of having her explore each part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and even just what you said about 
so many like earthly God or earthly fathers disappoint. Um, but knowing the difference between like an earthly father versus the godly father, the father, um, and knowing that like he is the one, he is the one that you should be looking up to or that I hope she looks up to. Um, and like understanding the sacrifice that Jesus made for all of us. Yeah. I want to be able to explore that and really like dive deep into that and then feel the spirit someday and be able to mm. read it like a way to blanket. Um, and just know that in all of those things that she is not being judged, that it is full of acceptance and love. Mm. I love that. Um, would you give us our wonderful listeners, um, just some practical tips of, I mean, you've said so many good things so far and I love it. And it just really shows your heart of wanting Thea to have the freedom, but also experience the true freedom that comes from the gospel and and our relationship with Jesus. What are some practical tips? Let's start first with you as Mm -hmm. a mom, as a wife, as an individual, as a social worker, um, as a daughter, as a friend, how do you see just some practical tips for people in spiritual formation? Maybe they're in a season of questioning God. Maybe they're in a season of questioning even themselves. What are some practical tips to kind of combat those lies and fear and doubt? And mm-hmm. then second part, um, just some practical tips that you've been doing with Thea. Um, I mean, you've shared a few already, but just practical tips of what is healthy spiritual formation look like from the parent to child standpoint. And yeah, let's go with that. So regarding like identity formation, um, for myself and all these many roles that I balance, (laughs) I think a big one is just giving yourself grace. Um, again, you're never going to be the perfect wife, mother, daughter, um, worker, like learner, you're never going to be perfect. So I think giving yourself grace is huge. And, and what's worked for me is just time alone. And it's, which comes in very short waves nowadays, <laughs> but getting time alone is so helpful and just self-reflection and how you utilize that time is super important. So praying versus watching TV or, you know, trying like, to me, like I love to work out. Um, and a lot of times when I do work out, like I'll listen to worship music. So that's almost like a form of worship for me. Mm-hmm. So that versus, um, sleeping in maybe a little bit extra, but also at the same time, like knowing what you need in order to put your best self forward every day. There are definitely days that I hit my snooze button and try to sleep because I have a seven month old baby and it's a lot and it's taxing on your body. Um, but yeah, just, I try to give myself grace and not be so hard on myself. Um, and know that the process of like identity formation is ongoing. It will not be solved when I'm 26. It won't be solved when I'm 36. Like it's going to be a forever process. Um, so just like understanding that I was created the way that he wanted me to be created, mm-hmm. not in what way that I want to see myself for what I think I should be. Um, so yeah, going back to that, like really, it's just giving yourself grace, getting time alone, mm-hmm. prioritizing those two things. It's huge um, for me. And then I forget the second part of your question. Second part okay. is uh, spiritual formation for children and how to navigate it um, with grace for yourself, grace for your child. Yeah. So setting a model, I think is important. Um, she soaks up everything. Yeah. I mean, like at this age, like what we think she doesn't see or what doesn't understand, like I'm sure she does. It's crazy. Um, so I think being an example 
for her. That's the best place to start. Um, but also like letting her know what is important in like spiritual formation and identity formation. So to me, that is like time alone. That's time exploring like your thoughts, your mind, who you want to be, who you see yourself to be. Um, like I have a meditation book I read with her and I know she's not meditating because she's seven months old. She can't do that. But, um, in her reading that and looking at it and like knowing like you need to prioritize yourself and in doing so you're able to like center your thoughts and get clear, um, or clarity, I'm sorry, from just spending time alone, like that's so important in your spiritual formation and your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So I think just like modeling for her, um, what like my idea of spiritual identity is and what Jamal's idea of spiritual identity is and giving her the tools that she needs. Mm-hmm. Like if she's curious, I want her to be able to start with the children's Bible and, you know, like when she's able to write self-reflect, do things, um, that support her in her own identity formation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So good. All right, folks, lady wisdom has spoken (laughs) all our experiences, practical tips. So good. Um, all right, y'all, we're going to pray this out. Um, but it is just the heart of not only this podcast, but Savannah and I, that, um, I think this is just our bleeding social work hearts in action, but just really to, for people to be known for people to, um, experience the peace that really comes from knowing yourself, knowing who God is, um, that I think in a world where we cling so deeply to having a self-identity and, and preserving that, that really when we become closer to God and it's less about us, we learn more about ourselves. We find ourselves within God, within Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. It says in, in Corinthians. And I think that's so important to really settle in on of, I think people think that when we learn more about God and, and give more of ourselves to God, it means less of us, but it's really more. So let me open us up and, and close us out in prayer, but heavenly father, God, we just thank you for the listeners. Um, today, I thank you for Savannah and just her vulnerability and transparency to, um, come on here and just share her experience and it's real. And I know that other women, um, regardless of age are just really going to hear this and, and see themselves and have just a new wave of encouragement to keep going. Um, and that's the point Lord, that we would stay encouraged, that we would be able to be, um, people who can use words and truth and the power of the gospel to, um, really build up the church, uh, individually, collectively, and, and just really grow in our knowledge that day by day is going to require a ton of grace, a ton of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all the fruits of the spirit, Lord, Um, I just pray specifically over the mothers, uh, whether it be their firstborn or their second or their third or their fourth, or even more than that, Lord, God bless you women with five plus, um, one goodness. Uh, we just, I just pray over these women, Lord, I pray, um, just truth that the devil would not have a foothold to start speaking lies, Lord. Um, that with a new identity as mother, it would be one that just feels like this is it. This is something I've been waiting for, um, that motherhood would very much be an answered prayer. 
Um, but I also pray for the mother who maybe wasn't expecting motherhood or wasn't expecting it in the timing that it's been. Uh, I just pray peace over that woman. God, I pray. Um, I just pray a readiness that has nothing to do with her, but everything to do with God mm-hmm. Lord. you, uh, in every season, we're not truly ready. We might have a self-confidence, a fake self-confidence to think so, but uh, we know that it's really you. You are the one who guides our steps, who anoints our path, God, who anoints our head to be able to do all the things you've gifted us to be able to do, Lord. Um, God, I just also pray that everyone listening would know uh, that you will never give us more than our capacity, that you will challenge us, that you will you know, create good and sound character. And even in areas of disappointment or frustration, Lord, you show us hope and it's a hope that shows up. It's a hope that doesn't disappoint us. Um, so I just pray these things, Lord, again, I just pray that we stay encouraged, uh, that we would stay in your words, stay in prayer, ask you questions. Even if we think they're dumb, Lord, no question is dumb to you. You love when we talk to you, you love when we just engage and, and acknowledge your presence, God. So I just pray that, um, finally, Lord, I just pray over children and the next generations and the next ones after that, Lord. Would they be children who just deeply desire to know who you are as God, as Abba Father, who deeply desire to know your son, who gives us access to you, to know who Jesus is, to know the Holy Spirit and have that anti-anxiety blanket kind of covering God. Um, We just pray over children to, um, we also pray just those who are parents or want to be parents in the future, like me, Lord, we just pray that we would be the type of um, just authentic and open believer where people and children look at us and they want that. And Mm -hmm. it's not us, it's you, God. Um, So I pray these things, uh, just cover the listeners, cover Savannah and I, Um, you're good, God, we thank you. And we praise you for uh, just the faithfulness um, that you bring into our lives. So I lift these things up in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Savannah, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. So good. I loved it. And everyone else, thank you for watching. Uh, Can't wait to have you on next week's episode. So tune in Friday morning, afternoon for those of you on the East Coast, but we will see you then.